Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. You are listening to Storygram Podcast Network. Hello, I'm the Glitch Unicorn, and with me I have Santos. And this is One Media, One Media, where you take deep dives into two different types of media and go OCD on them for a minute. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> You're more of the OCD and I'm more of yeah, the... Yeah, yeah, okay. Wasn't okay. that cool? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, this one actually actually know a little bit more about one of the things that we talk about more than I do. Possibly, but... I don't, think so. Don't put too much money on that. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, the first one we're going to talk about is Love Chinebio and Other Delusions. Okay. Or, okay, <laughs> otherwise it's known as Chinibio Demoku Kai Ga Shatai. <laughs> Say that three times fast, or two, two. Right. Okay, Chinibio means it translates into middle two disease or eighth grader syndrome. Described for early teens who have delusions or grandeur who so desperately want to stand out that they have convinced themselves they have hidden knowledge and secret powers. And the term has been popularized by this manga and anime that we're talking about. Or, according to the series, this is what Chinibio is. Say, everyone, are you familiar with the term Chinibio? They say it develops around the eighth grade at the cusp of puberty. It is a frightening disease of the adolescent mind. The line between childhood fantasy and a sense of self-awareness becomes blurred, resulting in some inexplicable behavior. For instance, a boy who, up till yesterday, only read weekly comics, develops a sudden interest in classic novels and suddenly demands to drink his coffee black despite the fact that he has never even drunk it before. Or a student who believes they possess some special power dives headfirst into the occult. It was coined in 1999 by a radio personality, Hikaru Yuen, where he always called himself a Chinibio. Oh, that's interesting. I wasn't sure how long that term had been around or if it was just... Well, over 20 years. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So... It was written by uh, Tarako, and it's only four volumes, and started in June 1st, 2011, and it went till December 4th, 2017. And then the anime series, which we're going to talk about, came out in 2012. And then there's actually two movies, too. What? Yeah. But after watching the anime so much, I kind of want to read the manga. I keep on saying yeah. that. And... We'll get to anatomy series we probably both won't like <laughs> sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> I don't we, think so. 
yeah, I think we're just watching animes that we like and we would like to watch all the way through first also, off. Also, I have to tell everybody, you watch them and you, you like vet them for me. So <laughs> I don't have to watch anything crappy ever because I get Takeshi being like, this one's good. And I go, okay. I don't explore it and find bad ones and then I'm sad that I waste my time. <laughs> Takeshi does that. so You find some good you ones may, too, though. You may watch something that's not that great, but I won't. <laughs> I find many that I just don't like. And I don't hear about them, so it's yeah. perfect. I complain about it. <laughs> Sometimes what happens is I'll watch an anime series, and even though I know I don't like it, mm-hmm. I feel like I have to complete it. Fair. I get that. You're like, I got to know how this ends. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people might be asking or wondering why we don't ever watch, say, Dragon Ball Z or any of those other action animes. It's because I hate them. <laughs> And I was never introduced to them. (laughs) I hate them all. Why? Because it gets to this point where they get to like this crazy level five power level, blah, blah, blah. And it lasts a good three or four years to get to the end of the plot. Sometimes there's never an end. It's still going on. It's a lot of violence too. Like they're just, it's just action, right? It's just stupid violence. It's not like that bad per se. It seems like it's going to be loud and I'm going to not enjoy that. Yeah, it's loud (laughs) and they're, yeah, it's just stupid. I mean, I used to like them, but I got to this point where I could kind of sense if it was going to last forever and Mm -hmm. then I just get uninterested. Really it's like quickly. wrap it up. You're like, yeah. why is this dragging out for 17 years? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I love Akira. That was probably one of the first animes I ever watched. Yeah. It's not a series. It's just a movie. And there's so much history about that one movie. It's just unreal. And so much talent came out of that one movie. Uh, yeah, we can take a deep dive into that one of these days. Okay. This series, the plot's actually pretty simple, But Mm -hmm. what makes it really interesting are the characters and how supportive they are for each other. I mean, we could just say it's about Rika and her search for the invisible boundary line. That's pretty much the whole entire first season, per se. But it's how she gets there and how all her friends kind of support her through the whole entire season. But I'd like to talk about the characters because I think they're so much fun. I like it because it's the themes of like a new start, trying to have a new start on, oh, you know, because they're yes. going from middle school to high school. Yes, so it's yes. like, there's yeah. this idea of new starts and who are you? Like, what's your identity? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So you're, it's really fun. Too. You're always trying to discover who you are when you're a teenager. And I guess this mm-hmm. is kind of a series for you. Yeah. But I even wrote down their dark names. Oh, good. <laughs> okay, so it's safe to say that Yuta Tagashi is the main character, or one of the main characters. He actually narrates some of the episodes here and there. Uh, he's known as the Dark Flame Master. He <laughs> suffered from Chinibio in middle school. He enrolled himself into a high school far away, so he would just have all new classmates. Yeah, he just really, really wanted a fresh start to be normal. Like, he wanted to be a normal kid all, you know. He's throwing away all his old stuff. Yeah, he was trying to be normal and not be known with this kid with Chinibio, which uh, I think is so funny. And then there's Rika Takanashi, and she is the Eye of the Wicked Lord, or Wicked Eye in Japanese. 
and she's always in search of invisible boundary lines. And she's the president of the Far East Magical Napping Society in summer thereof. <laughs> <laughs> Best club ever. I <laughs> and know. She's, but she's in Genevio. Yeah, so yeah. She is totally hardcore suffering Genevio. She's deep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With the eye patch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess. How can we start this? This is pretty. Okay. It, start, it starts in the first day of class. And Rika walks up to him and says, oh, it's been our destiny to meet up with each other. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, she has a problem with her eye, and he has to take her to the nurse. I don't know if you remember. Did you watch this recently? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah I did. Yeah. But it's pretty much, it looks like she either likes him a lot for some reason, or she looks up to him throughout the first three, four episodes. Yeah, they established that right away. He cares for her. So it's like they have like this interesting relationship where he's like, Yuck, Genevio, I don't want to be associated (laughs) with someone going through this because he's starting his new start and being his new self. But he can't help but take care of her, like take her to the nurse's office, walk her home, help her move. Well, he had to walk her home because she lost her wallet. Yeah, but it was like put on him to take care of her. And he's a very nice boy, so he did it. He wasn't like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. It's reluctant a little bit, but you know he really cares about her. Like he, he's a really good caretaker for her because he's the only one I feel like who speaks her language. He really understands her he quite does. well. Mm-hmm. Even though she annoys him because of the, <laughs> the Genevio yeah, syndrome, he gets uncomfortable with that. But he gets her in a way. I think that. Yeah, yeah. And he's always trying to dispel all of her delusions, even though she knows that she's just playing imaginary or whatever. You know, she doesn't really care. And she has a really hard head. (laughs) I don't know how she doesn't have any brain damage. Right. (laughs) As many times as she gets whacked in the head throughout the series. Yeah, definitely. And she lives with her older sister. Yes, her older sister. apartment, right? I couldn't find her first name. This went by Takanashi, and she is the bureau's top <laughs> priestess, and her weapon is the soup yeah. ladle. Yeah. So he's hitting her with that soup ladle. It looks painful. <laughs> I know. And she hits everybody with that soup ladle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's unreal. <laughs> she's a chef. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sorry. She's a top class chef. I guess she was a gymnast too. Mm-hmm. Because she's always like jumping off stuff or flipping over things. Yes. Yes. So that's why she's so physical in the series. And then there's Kumin Sireri, and she's an upperclassman. Mm-hmm. And she likes to sleep a lot. And she's the inheritor of the Eye of the Wicked Lord, the second. Oh, and that's how napping got into their club name because they joined clubs, right? Right. She was the napping society. Mm -hmm. Right. She was the napping part. Yeah, she's my favorite character, actually. (laughs) Right? Because she's so sweet and she just naps and she goes along in a very sweet way with things. So even though Uta might be embarrassed by Rika, Kumin's like, what? Like, she just kind of buys into it all. Like, oh, this is cool. (laughs) And then there's Mikado Ishiki. He is the lady killer, which he called himself. He is Yuta's first friend he met in high school. And he's always looking for love. Uh Uh-huh, he is. It's kind of endearing. Mm-hmm. But he has kind of a middle schooler mind, I would think. Yeah. Let's see here. And then there's Shanika Nubatani. Nubatani. Yes. Yes. 
And she is Maury Summer and the author of the Mabinogian, class president, and is always in search of a good school club. Yeah, she is interesting because <laughs> when you first meet her, you think she's like the popular girl kind of. Right. And she's class president, right? So she's cute and popular. And, and then you start seeing how she's, what's behind that though? But she's really also in the search for a new identity. She also suffered Chinibio in middle school too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and she's quite embarrassed about it. And she's trying to, yeah, you know, make a new image for herself as well. Much like Yuta. Mm-hmm. And then there's Dekamori, and she's oh, the no. agent of the Eye of the Wicked Lord, Rika's number one servant, wielder of the Mjolnir Hammer, best friend, pretty much. And she's younger. Yeah, right? she's a third-year middle schooler, um, and there's always a mystery about her family. I guess they're really rich or something. Okay. And she's really smart, too, and she uh-huh. is the owner of the Mabinogian. Yes, and I like that Rika said they met through the electrical ocean. (laughs) (laughs) You you mean online? Yeah. (laughs) I just like that term. I'm all, ooh, the electrical ocean. That's the best. Yeah, yeah. They're really fun with their language. Oh, goodness. It's so good. The descriptions. (laughs) The Chinibio that they're suffering is they're in this fantasy world mixed in with some tech. They're cosplaying, per se, is how we would know Mm -hmm. it as. And the thing I love about what they do in this series is they'll show a battle and they'll show what they're imagining, which looks like one of those fantasy animes for about a good 10 seconds, and then it'll flash to what's really going on. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like this is really simple fight. It's so funny. So like in Rika's mind, she's got like this big weapon and she's flying yes. around. And then you'll see her friends watching her and she's like swinging around an umbrella. You're right. <laughs> and she's not very coordinated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's not very athletic at all, which is really <laughs> funny. That's what I love about this series though. Is it's kind of making fun of those fantasy animes, but it's like, this is what you created. Yes. Yeah. No, I didn't think about it that way. But yeah, it's really, it's really fun. I do like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just basically going through their school year and they get closer and how they're kind of supporting Rika's Chinibio and learning more about that. And then there's a little romance in there too. Yeah, I wrote down that there's some fun kind of crush slash love triangles because sometimes you think, oh, maybe these two will be interested or this and that. And it's fun how they kind of play that out. And then also this one seems lighter in a lot of ways than um, Your Lion April or even Forest of the Piano. But it does, as you keep watching it, there's a deeper reason for this Chinibio. And so... Yeah, there's a certain reason why Rika is going through this Chinibio. And it makes sense. Yeah, but it does develop in a nice way where it's not just slough or whatever. It's like really, it does go into a deeper place. Yeah. I mean, I can just tell the moral of the story. The moral of the story is to be yourself until you're comfortable to move on, not to kind of force this other persona of yourself because it's Chinevio in its own way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was at the end. I was like, wow, that's so deep. It is. She, it was, who was talking about? <laughs> it was Nubatani. She was talking about that in a way. And mm-hmm. then Yuta said, that's so deep. And she's like, no, you're just shallow. <laughs> <laughs> And that was one of my most 
favorite lines throughout that whole entire series. That's really good. It's really fun. I really like this one. Yeah. I don't think my parents would, well, maybe my mom might enjoy it, but most people would enjoy this series if they just want something kind of lighthearted. It's a quick watch, too, to me. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's play which character in this series do you relate to the most? Oh, let's see. I was going to ask you if you had any Chinibio in middle school, but... <laughs> well, you know what I did when I was younger? I would get OCD on one thing. Like, when I was in sixth grade, I really liked Batman because uh-huh. that's when the movie came out, so I just bought everything Batman. Yes. Uh, like Batman shirt. I had a Batman hat. I had Batman <laughs> toys. And then in middle school, I was really into baseball. So I was just baseball everything. And then it switched to Metallica for a year. <laughs> so I was just Metallica everything. Oh. So that is kind of Chinibio in a way. Esque. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. I'm more like, <laughs> I would then put you in the Rika category um, <laughs> um or maybe nubatani because she changed a lot i'm kind of like a follower so i feel like i would be the weird sidekick okay or the cumin like being like oh okay like you know because <laughs> i yeah, don't feel yeah. like i find things on my own but oh, okay. i'm totally down to follow so <laughs> you're saying more like rika okay yeah. okay i'm like see i'm like your sidekick yeah so. okay okay you see i relate to cumin the most because i like to sleep a lot yeah oh my god do i love to sleep and i was gonna put you more into the maybe the rika Takanashi, <laughs> I am the walking lord. I don't know if I'm that creative, but I do enjoy getting lost in something. I thought it must be nice to see the world in such an imaginative way. Yeah, but you know what? I'll take the Rika. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could be more like Utah. Maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was maybe when I was a sophomore in high school where I kind of just got over everything and became kind of cool. Well, you still focus on things, but you don't remove everything. Like, it sounds like before when you're younger, you only like one thing. And then now you have a wider... Well, even when I listen to music, I'll listen to one artist over and over again for a while but I'll still listen to other things on the side. I still just really OCD on just one artist yeah, constantly. <laughs> <laughs> that still happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I guess yeah. that's Chinebio. Right <laughs> We're just, that's who we are. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, one thing I do want to mention about the actual art is oh, like the, the art. flowers. They made these beautiful scenes with flowers that were just so realistic or gorgeous and like that rain was coming down and then they would show like the flowers and whatever the oh yeah the yards and stuff i thought it was really nice that really stood out to me so i really yeah um i guess we should mention the animation because it is actually really excellent it's so good that you don't even notice how much they're doing mm-hmm. to me anyway because how they just switch to this fantasy to realism and they just do it seamless yeah which I really do love the animation in this too and the art direction. There's not a lot of fan service TNA per se, which is really good. 
there's some series that is just tons of TNA and stuff. <laughs> and it's like, why? Yeah. <laughs> what is like, this all about? You're like, get out of our cute anime. <laughs> yeah. This does have plenty of action and drama and a little bit of romance mm-hmm. and a love triangle. What else can yeah. more can you ask for? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I would recommend it to almost anyone because it is pretty lighthearted. Yeah. And definitely if someone's feeling down, the other two that we had talked about, they're a little bit darker. So I would push this if you just need to get away and get into a lost in a world because <laughs> like, it's sweet and lighthearted. I guess we can just move on to the next one. (laughs) Yeah. Done. Done. These short teasers are excerpts from comedian Aiden Park's book, The Art of Being Yay. Think self-empowerment with a comedic twist. These are tough times we're all going through. Who couldn't use a little mental health wellness and laughter? For more of The Art of Being Yay, visit AidenPark.com. That's A-I-D-A-N-P-A-R-K.com. Sponsored by... The Laugh Cellar and Storygram Podcast Network. When I lost him, I was like, hey, like, nothing matters. I don't care. Comedy career. Why? Losing 10 pounds? Who cares? I don't care. I really don't care. I got so depressed. I got suicidal. I was serious. I went shopping for a gun. And you guys, I actually found the gun like that I could buy in person for $300. And then I found the gun online for $70. And I thought to myself, oh, my God. How is it that someone can just buy a gun online for $70? When in person, it's like $300. Oh my God, what a freaking ripoff. That's when I came to the realization that, oh my God, I am so cheap. I am bargain hunting for my suicide weapon. I mean, it's not even that I wanted to, you know, save money. It's like I didn't want anybody to think I was an idiot. Like, I may be suicidal, but I'm a smart shopper. But it's like so stupid because, you know, if there was ever a time to put something on a credit card, that would have been it. I understand you're not really supposed to make suicide jokes, but I say these things to say that, yes, I have been there. And after I've been through it, there is some humor in it. Another reason why I like to talk about suicide very openly is because in this society, we're not allowed to talk about things like that. And so what a lot of people do is they'll feel that, they'll feel suicidal, and then they won't talk about it. They'll just shove it down, shove it down, shove it down, because they don't want to interrupt anybody's day. And then it feels worse and worse, and festers and festers, and then there's shame around what they're feeling. And shame, you know, is the great negative emotion exponential later. (laughs) Great negative emotion multiplier. So if you feel any emotion and then you add shame to it, it'll multiply that negative emotion by 10 times, 20 times, 30 times. So better to get it out in the open and destigmatize the topic of suicide. Suicidal? Talk about it. Let's talk about it. Whatever you're feeling, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, there's nothing wrong with you. Do not be suffering alone. Do not be ashamed by yourself. Let it out. Share it with somebody. Okay, so next up, we're going to talk about Van Tannerow, the Blue Album, I guess. It's self-titled. I think multiple albums are self-titled, yeah. so it's good to distinguish it. Yeah, there's Van Tannerow, two, three, four, River. Yeah, so it's the Blue Album to me. <laughs> yes. Okay, so go ahead. Well, I'll just say I actually suggested this you album did. because. 
I never suggest anything. <laughs> this is the one album on my phone. It's been on my phone for the last couple of years and it's my go-to album. So I wanted to share that. And I don't know how many people do that, but certain periods of time, you have certain songs or albums. It's like your comfort thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so this album's been that for me for a while. So I wanted to share. So this is the only that. album that you have on your phone. Correct. Uh, okay. And you listen to this every day. <laughs> I did for a period of time multiples. It's less now, but it still comes up. I like it still. It's short. It's only, I think, like 16 minutes long. Yes, it's 16 minutes long, and there is a good 10 songs. Yeah. So it's kind of short and sweet. I don't know about sweet, though. Maybe <laughs> short and loud. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I don't know what type of music Vantana Row is. I think they call themselves like Crust Wave. Crust Wave? What is it? <laughs> crust Wave. Okay, so Crust is a, a punk rock term for Crust Punk. Okay. So Wave, probably like electronic music. Okay, cool. Yeah. Good combo. The, my disclaimer is I know them. You know them quite well. I know them quite well. Yeah. And so I love them. So it's biased. So too bad. That's okay. <laughs> but, but that's just so people know that. But even if I know you, I'm not going to know that much about you because I don't <laughs> I don't hyper focus right. on all this stuff around it. No, I just like them as artists and this is one of my favorite albums. And the first song I discovered off this album is It Sucks. It's like a nice 1 minute and 13 second song and I love it so much. <laughs> And that is kind of what hooked me to them. Yes. All right. According to their Facebook, their band interest is living in a van. So do they live in a van? They do. Oh. <laughs> living in a van, abstaining from neurotic, used being judged, and filming it. It <laughs> sums them up. They're known for doing drive-bys. Yeah, drive-by shows or renegades, mm -hmm. per se. Yeah, so like they'll go to a club that has a show that's going to be playing, and people are outside of the club, and they will play you a free show and throw CDs at you. So oh, okay. Kind of, okay, yeah. and does Van Vantana means what? Van something, right? Vantana. Vantana Row. I just thought it was a play off of um, something. <laughs> Because all those van people have van names, like silly names for their vans. It's like all puns. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Let's see. On their website. Okay. And so it's a husband-wife duo. Yeah. Volley Blaze and Jamie Blaze. Jamie's on drums. And then so when they play, is it just the two of them? Yeah. Interesting. Let's see here. On their About Us on Facebook, experimental punk band based out of Oakland, math core drums, glitch samples, and female screamer. We want to do right by the world. <laughs> <laughs> Their influences are Wesley Snipes, Tyler Stark, and Horse the Band. Have you heard of any of these? <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. I'm not in. Like, I don't know anything. I met Volley... 
she was a barista. Yeah. And then so I yeah. met her and learned about her music. So um, if I didn't have that, I don't know how I would have found them. And then I'll just say with this album, I choreographed a dance to one of their songs. Oh, you did? So that's, okay. yeah, that's another reason why I listened to this. What song was it? Witchy Woochie. Oh, this is <laughs> one of the songs I like. Actually. Yeah. I'm a witchy So as you can hear, there's like an aggression to this song. Yeah. I called it kind of like an aggressive cabaret. Like I did a belly dance piece to this. So it was really fun because I created something very feminine and um, belly dancey, but to something very aggressive. So it was like a good contrast. So it was really fun to dance to. Yeah. Okay. It sounds like they use kind of hip hop beats with distorted 808s, okay. which is the bass, the distorted bass drum thing. Uh-huh. I was wondering what you would think, like, or what you would hear from it. <laughs> the production is actually pretty damn good for what they're doing. Whoever writes the beats sounds like he knows what he's doing. I think that's Jamie. Okay. Yeah, I think they're on their computers a lot, too. Yeah, they so. probably use something like Ableton or a tracker. That sounds more old school. But I can't imagine the singer doing that every day singing every day like that she'll lose her voice yeah i should ask her how she keeps up because well i mean they're not probably shows every day and um yeah they're not touring around the world but i can't imagine someone touring around the world doing something like that yeah and that's what this album is more of their hip-hop album i don't think they have that many beats and other things oh they don't okay Uh, i don't think so this album i liked because i think volley is the singer mostly but in this one jamie's in there and i like the contrast oh yeah yeah totally you know her voice is otherworldly to me it's like such a sound and he's very human to me and has kind of like a sense of humor it's just more relatable so it's i like their combo together right right Mm -hmm. yeah there's even a couple things where she's screaming and then she coughs so i get really concerned about that oh (laughs) check in (laughs) i can't imagine someone doing that for this long it's pretty it's pretty insane um i do hear a little bit of msi in them or mindless self-indulgence but they took it in this went completely different direction. Yeah, have you ever heard of mindless self-indulgence? Mm-mm. Oh, they're no. kind of along the same line. They use electronic beats and make it sound really heavy. Uh-huh. But yeah, they went in a different direction. Mindless self-indulgence has an album that is like 40 songs, but it's under an hour or something. It's really funny. I will listen to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very offensive. Everything in it is completely completely offensive but okay. i think that's the point of yeah. their music <laughs> one time i saw him play live and at the end of their show the singer held up the sign that said kisses one dollar and then on the other side of the sign it said stds from a rock star priceless <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he good. made out with all his fans. Oh, did they pay him? Yeah. Oh, clean up. They all got up <laughs> and they all got to the front and gave him a dollar and he made out with them all. 
Wow. It was really funny. That was probably my favorite part about the show. It was the first show where I realized maybe I'm too old to be here. (laughs) And my friend was the one that was the big guy pushing the kids around. Oh. He was in the pit, but the pit was just full of 14 and 16 year olds. And he was the big dude that was like, no, that's when you're like, yep, we're We're too old for this. (laughs) We're done. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately, it was their very first all ages show. Oh. So, but yeah, I do like this album and I think I'll continue to go through their catalog. Yeah, they have a lot. It looks like it. I like this one because there's a little bit, I would call space in their songs, whereas some newer stuff felt like it's a lot of vocals and not a lot of space, which I'm not against. It just depends on my mood and everything, what I want to hear. It's kind of funny too. There are some melodies in here and there. Actually, I do really like the first song too, Fresh Nuggets. Yes. That's one of my favorite songs. remember the other one that I liked. Maybe it's Folk Hits, too. Mm-hmm. Let, let's see here. Let's see here. In the lab, make it Okay, so so it just wakes you up and drives you pretty much? Yeah, it gives me energy. So I don't drink caffeine. So <laughs> Yeah, I just quit and, drinking caffeine myself and it's really oh, weird. Good job. So I don't have caffeine in my life, but I feel like sometimes you need music to kind of like pump you up or give you energy. Yeah. And when I'm in the office, I put you know, I have my phone with me and a headphone. And if I'm doing boring office work and I need to get through it, sometimes I need a little Vantana Row to break up the day. This definitely reminds me of Oakland too. I've been to some Oakland hardcore electronic music shows and this reminds me of that completely. Oh, nice. That's cool. I think they relocated to San Francisco though. Oh my, poor them. Mm Mm-hmm. Because then they're doing a lot of shows in the city. Oh, that's so good. That's so toll good. And stuff like that. Yeah. So. So doing a lot of shows, they're just going out where another show is and just playing. Yeah, there. drive-bys. Yeah. And so, then uh, they're I not getting they, paid for it though. Those no. Uh, no. Wow. You can be their Patreon. Okay. They do have a Patreon. Mm-hmm. They have a Patreon. And that's how I also ended up getting to collaborate with them because I am one of their Patreon members and they have different programs. I send them a poem. They wanted like song lyrics. They turn it into a song. So they turn your writing. So what's the name of that song and what album is it on? That song is No One's As Nighttime As You. And it's, I think it's on the Sid and Nancy one, but it's Nan and... Nan and Sydney. I feel old because they have all these fun, playful things they do and I can't say any of them. Oh, my God. 
Interesting. Yes, and we got to help with the music video. So it was super fun. Wow. Yes, it was so fun to work with them. And it's like they're creative. So if you're a Patreon member, it's fun because they Uh, do different creative things to connect with you. What's their Patreon? Is it just Fantana Row? I believe so, yeah. It's nice to see the behind the scenes of if you like, you know, a musician and then you get to work with them behind the scenes as well. It's really fun. Okay, so according to uh, Spotify... Their listeners also listen to Love Spread, no clue of any of these bands, Girl Pusher, Kate Moss with dollar signs instead of S's, The Elchers, and They Hate Changes. Have you heard of any of these? No. Okay. I feel like I have to. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you have Spotify now. Um, I do. (laughs) I can start exploring the features. Spotify is great. Oh my goodness. I love it so much. I'm not there yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I like taking deep dives into artists. So it's for me, it's the best way to do it. But sometimes they don't have certain albums that I used Mm -hmm. to have, which is really annoying. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. But yeah, it would be nice to know. Because honestly, like, Vantana is like a strange music island for me, kind of, you know. And I know they're part of a scene of some sort in a music yeah. family, you know, but I don't right. know it. So it would be fun to kind of do that rabbit hole of. I wonder if they ever played at the flower shop out in uh, San Francisco. Mm, I don't know. Um I remember seeing this one band there called Drum Corps, and it was just the most insane pit I've ever been in my whole entire life. And it was just this guy on a laptop, and it was just pretty much just hardcore music the whole entire time. It was just uh-huh. insane. The reason why I'm mentioning Drum Corps, too, is because I think they're kind of like a hybrid of Drum Corps with MSI. Okay. <laughs> Messed together. Yeah. <laughs> so this, they're kind of like a sound collage to me in some of their stuff. Like it's just coming from so many different places of what they like and what they're interested in and experimenting with. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I don't think my parents would like this. <laughs> no. <laughs> it is an interesting music but it to is very recommend. Interesting. I, could, I could recommend it to you because you like music. You're a musician. I feel like you'll listen to it. Yeah, I'll I, give um, anything a gander. It went over well in the performance because I got to perform the piece at an informal gathering with my belly dance community. But they're more alternative group of belly dancers who like goth and industrial and punk. So it went over well in that group. But I don't know if it would be good in like any other traditional kind of setting. Right, right. Well, you live pretty much in the heart of the Bay Area of crazy artists and everything too. Yeah, so... It's easier. Yeah, it's easier people to recommend to versus, but in the office, I wouldn't be like, hey, everybody want to listen to this? You know, they don't, they want to get it. Engineers want to get it. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. In wine country, I don't think people really get it. There's like cover (laughs) tunes of old songs and stuff. (laughs) It's so frustrating. Mm I mean, it'd be fun to see them play in Sonoma, but they wouldn't make any money and they'd be playing for 10 people at the most. Yeah. Unfortunately. Oh, maybe one day. Yeah. They do have like a very robust YouTube channel that they make videos and things like that. And then um, I'm just happy you listen to it and 
you enjoyed it. Yeah, I remember meeting one of them at the coffee yeah, shop. Yeah, definitely. Five years I ago. Be- oh, that long ago? Oh my God. <laughs> I think it was that long. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, no, easily. She seemed very nice. And maybe it's because she was working. No, but she's always nice. <laughs> <laughs> They're both very nice. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> and I hope they keep it up. And I'm just concerned about her voice. That's okay, I will pass that on. <laughs> <laughs> if they're planning to go on a world tour one of these days. Mm-mm. We'll see. Yeah. I think that's it. You could follow me on Facebook at Glitch Unicorn on my page. I stream once a week and release several podcasts. And you can catch me on Instagram, either under my wellness profession, wellness underscore as underscore art, or just for fun in my just fun stuff. I'm two people now, sister.santos. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, because I thought I can't decide if I want my wellness people to be mixed in with my art stuff. Oh, God. I yeah. decided. So yeah, I yeah. separated it. And also, maybe people would like my art, but they're like, I don't care about health coaching. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm learning the internet. So <laughs> that's where we're at. <laughs> we got to learn it someday. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.